Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of Changing the Story. I'm excited to announce our guest today, Brendan Kane. He's an innovation strategist for Fortune 500 corporations, brands, and celebrities. He helps them unlock value and transform their businesses. You know, he's done some amazing work for Taylor Swift and Katie Couric. He's also the author of One Million Followers, where he took upon a challenge for himself to see if he can get one million followers on Facebook in just a month. So welcome to the show, Brendan. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here, Brendan. So as a visionary, what is the story that you want to bring to the world? Well, I think that, that my mission is that I, I feel like there's people all over the world that have the ability to transform it in a positive way. And I think that those stories of those people is really the potential to make the world a better place and to do it at scale in the quickest time period possible. So my mission really is in, in stories, how do we get those voices heard? Because we live in a world where there's 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms each day is not always the people that are worthy enough or the people that have the ability to, to transform one element of society or culture or the environment, whatever it is, are, they're not being heard right now. And they have a powerful solution, a product, a service, or a story. So for me, and everything that I focus on is how do I amplify other stories to, to drive success? It's less about the story that I have to tell and more about how I give people the tools to amplify their message so that they can have the impact that we all need. Go, you, go, you go ahead, Neil. I was going to say that that's really, really important work, especially these days where it's tough to get oxygen to tell your story. I mean, what, what are some of the common challenges you see people have? Well, I think that the biggest thing is just the amount of content and noise is when we talk about, and a lot of work that, that I do is in social media, is when you have 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms each day, oftentimes content is not reaching people. And, and oftentimes like people think about competition for, for space, for attention. And the world that we live in today is you're not just competing against your direct competition in your industry, you're competing against Kim Kardashian, LeBron James, latest rock movies, CNN, SportsCenter. And that is one of the biggest challenges is that is you're fighting against all this noise and you have to find a way to overcome that and stand out so people will pay attention to you. And also the, the element of storytelling has shifted dramatically uh, you know, over the course of the years because of the amount of information that's pushed. The attention span of the average person is, is very short. Like I, I firmly believe that we live in a three second world. If you cannot capture somebody's attention in three seconds, they're not going to pay attention to the rest of your story. Uh, and I think people underestimate that. I think people don't really understand that that's happening. So I think that that's one of the biggest challenge, challenges and a lot of the work that we do with our, our clients is to help them stand out in this crowded market and to capture that attention in, in the short time that we have. I, I completely agree with you. I think people's attentions are short. And it's very interesting that the work you're doing very much dovetails with this episode, I mean, with this whole podcast, the stories that we're trying to tell now. And so I wonder from you, because of the unique time that we're in right now, COVID-19, what are some of the stories that have touched you the most? 
that you're experiencing? What are the stories that you feel like need to get out there? I think that the stories that personally resonate with me have nothing to do with the COVID-19 and more about how you and the, the, the information that I'm attracted to is and the stories I'm attracted to is how can you deal with difficult situations? How can you persevere? To me, that, that resonates. And I can just give you an example is one of my favorite podcasts is the Joe Rogan experience. I think he's probably one of the, the best in the, in the business and it shows with the results that he had. And there's one clip that I've personally listened to probably three times and I've sent it to multiple people. And it's a, a story, it's a clip with a, a former Navy SEAL. And he talks about how he approached get, getting through the Navy SEAL training and how he also coaches people to get through it. And he says, you've got to make your world small. It's like Navy SEAL training is 180 days. If you go in there and you think about the breadth of that 180 days, you will quit. And him going back to, um, to be an instructor there, he would always, he had the ability to ask people, why did they give up? Because people, you know, to do Navy SEALs, they, the Navy SEALs program, they'll pass up Division One scholarships. They'll pass up huge job opportunities to do it. And then they get there and they give up. So we asked them, like, why do you give up? And he, he said, like, 95% of the time, it's because people say they're overwhelmed. And he said, you've got to make your world small. And he dives even further. He says, during Hell Week, which is, I think, a, a five or six day time period where you only get to sleep for two hours. It's just miserable. It's very difficult. And he said that the way that he got through and the way that he coaches people is they are forced to feed you every six hours. So every, you just got to tackle it in six hour increments. And in that, those types of stories to me are far more powerful and valuable than what's happening with the latest test. How many people are dying? How many people are getting sick or like what we were talking before this episode, the mayor of LA telling people to snitch on other people. That's not the stories that we need today. We need stories of how we can overcome difficult situations that we find ourselves in, because that's really what's gonna push us forward. That's what's gonna make us stronger. And that's also the beauty of the human race and especially living in, in America, is we have an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, we have an innovative spirit. Is, is these challenges that we face you know, the people that decide to push forward instead of pulling back, that's really going to set, you know, the successful people from the people that are just the followers or, or don't make, uh, the, you know, anything coming out of the situation. That, that's really interesting because, you know, there's, there's an old saying, I remember who said it, that life is not, you know, a path to a destination. It's a journey to the never ending horizon, right? And you get there one step at a time. When you want to share something or explain something or whether it's a product, idea, whatever it might be, part of that storytelling needs to be sharing your journey and how, how you got there. Do you, do you think or have you found that's really a powerful step to take? A hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's not easy. I mean, being, you know, especially for me, patience is a difficult thing. It's something I've had to learn over the years. And but I firmly believe is you know taking things step by step and you know sharing what you learn along along those journeys, it and journey is uh, extremely valuable. And I can just remember back like early on in my career when I was doing all these deals, working with these big celebrities and corporations, 
my father kept telling me is like you're you have the amount of experience that you're accumulating is far far more vast than anybody that's just working at a corporation or a company and i couldn't see it i was like i don't know what you're talking about like i'm just doing this stuff because i want to build businesses and things of that nature but the position that i'm in now and the work that I do with clients, it's all predicated off the journey that I've had up into this, to this point, the things that I've learned and the failures and the successes, that's what allows me to effectively help other people along their journey to tell their story. I want to go back to something you said a moment ago, because a part of this, this show, Changing the Story, is looking at things that are problematic and, and getting better. And so we're talking about leadership a moment ago and what Eric Garcetti is doing. Uh, promoting the idea that we should be snitching on other people, which is the, the least compassionate thing I can think of in the middle of a crisis. What, what could we do? What could our leadership do better? How, how could we create a better world from the leaders informing us and, and telling us um, models of behavior that we can emulate? Well, I think that, that true leadership comes from a compassion is just understanding that we're all in this world together and that we're going to get out of this situation by working together and having that compassion for one another. You know, snitching on other people is the farthest thing from compassion that you could get to. And then also leadership is, from my perspective and the leaders that I admire, is being very clear and calm. Is when you're in the storm, you're looking for somebody with that confidence, with somebody that, that can give you that guidance, that support of this is the clear call to action or this is the clear direction that we're going to take and also when you don't know something say you don't know it you know there's you know there's there's plenty of leaders especially in this uh situation like a lot of people are saying that uh, chris cuomo is doing a great job and that uh you know in in all of this and you can see him he, he will tell you when he doesn't know something and he's not afraid to do that so again just to recap i think compassion is number one and then number two is just having clear direction, confidence, and being that guiding light for people. Like that, I have a client right now that runs a very big corporation, and he is not a great leader. Like in this situation, he's freaking out every day. And when the people under you see that, they freak out. Mm-hmm. You know, they they need that clear guiding light and. To me, I think that that's what I look to in terms of leadership and how to get through these difficult times. So that's, that's actually interesting, talking about your client, because normally we think that only certain people can actually be great leaders. It's not so much sorry that you have to have the, the necessary charisma and communication skills. It sounds like people could actually learn how to do these things, how to be a good storyteller and at least inspire confidence. Is that like a, would you say that that's a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, listen, communication is everything. I mean, you may not be the person that's going to get up on stage and speak in front of 10,000 people, but if you're going to be a leader, you need to effectively communicate, even if it's just to one person, because if you can't effectively communicate, there's no way that you can inspire them to take action or guide them in some way. So I think that an attribute of a great leader is your ability to communicate in some way. Now, you could look at somebody like Stephen Hawking, for example. You know, I think he was a great leader. Look at his communication. I mean, he had to communicate through an automated voice on a, com- a computer, yet he was able to do that. So there's different forms of communication. 
Um, but as a leader, you've got to find your way to communicate based upon your, your personality, your skill set. It's like, I understand my personality. I understand the strengths of it. I understand the weaknesses of it. It's like, I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk is one of the most charismatic speakers out there. I am not going to pretend to be that. I'm not going to try and be that because that's not who I am. But that doesn't mean that I don't have my own style of effectively communicating with people. So I think it's really understanding like who you are, what your strengths, what your weaknesses are, and then you craft your stories based upon that. So going back to the art of communication and going back to the subject of the, the podcast about stories, what, what makes for a good story? What are the elements that make for a good story? Well, I think, and we, we study this a lot when it comes to social media and stories uh, drive a lot of success. And at, a, at its very simplest level, a good story has a beginning, middle, and an end. And I know that sounds like super simplistic, but a lot of people forget about that when they're creating social content, for example, is they'll just start talking. And they won't even think about a story. They just spew a bunch of information. Right. But just understanding that a story has a beginning and a middle and an end will set you apart and give you an increased chance of success. Because what happens when somebody starts telling you a story is most of the time you want to hear the ending of it. And that's what we see is like, especially with the algorithms and social media, they're, they're so heavily weighted to the amount of time that you spend with a piece of content, especially video, is that the more you can retain people, the more you can keep them watching your video for a longer period of time, the better shot that you have of that video going viral because the algorithms will push it to more people because it's keeping people on the platform longer. And at, again, at a simple level, is the content that 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 is story-based and structured in such a way that has a beginning and a middle and end plays to the fundamentals that we learn in early childhood of when we we sit down for bedtime story is we want our parents to finish the story want to hear what happens also when we sit down to watch a movie rarely do we turn that movie off because we want to see what happens at the end now that sometimes that happens if it's not an effective story but to me just breaking down into simplicity is that beginning, middle, and an end. And then again, in the social media world that we live in today, you have less than three seconds to capture their attention. So how do you structure those first three seconds to bring somebody into that story? So for example, if you've seen what they've done in the movie industry, oftentimes when they do a, a trailer on Facebook or Instagram, they will play a five second trailer before the trailer starts. Why? Because they know there's so much noise out there and they've got to push all these flashy things to grab you in to pay attention to the rest of the trailer. When it comes to YouTube, thumbnail and headline is that three second hook. It's like if that thumbnail headline expresses why somebody wants to jump into that story and it's effective, that is again, is going to push you in the algorithms and get you more reach and visibility on the stories you're telling. Nope. Three seconds could be a lifetime. I mean, three seconds in the key in the NBA seems that way, or it could be a really short time. What, what's the effective way? Is that a tagline? Is it a, a snappy picture? I mean, what would people do to maximize those three seconds? So the, the, the primary thing that we call, and it's my whole second book is on this, is called Hook Point. It's the hook that brings you in to the content. So just imagine, again, as we started off, as you're scrolling through your Instagram feed, Facebook, or even YouTube, 
and you just watch Kim Kardashian, you watch CNN, SportsCenter, those channels, what is going to get somebody to stop and pay attention to your content? Like, and we define that as a hook that brings you in. So there's many different elements that make an effective hook or an ineffective hook. Uh, so when we talk about ineffective hooks, where people, where most people go wrong, and I would say 99% of people putting out content online are struggling. It's the, the top 1% that drives most of the, the traffic and attraction. Is most people fail because it's too wordy. Like if you, it's too wordy, it's too confusing, it's too complex. If you make somebody think too hard, you've lost them. If you make somebody think too little, you've lost them. You have to have that balance in between of not making them think too hard or, or thinking too little. Another huge mistake that people make is they say the same thing that everybody else has said 10,000 times in the same way. So it's like uh, in my keynote, I have an example of a video about a young kid giving inspirational advice to his mother. So one channel took the same video and just said inspirational advice as the headline. The second one was done by Buzzfeed, which said in, a young boy gives inspirational advice to his mother. The first video generated 3,000 views. The second one with the Buzzfeed created generated over 400,000 views. Same exact video, but the hook was different because normally you don't see a young kid giving inspirational advice to his mother. But the headline inspirational advice you've heard thousands and thousands of times. And that's where any industry, any topic, and like Neil, you're in artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence has been talked about so many different times. You need that unique hook to bring people into the conversation. You may be saying the same thing as most people, but it's how you say it. A lot of what we say is it's less about the content and more about the context of how you package it. So some ways that you can create an effective hook. Uh, one thing that we, we've seen, and we don't use it all the time, but an effective tool is subverting expectations. Um, so for example, we did a video around meditation and the title of the video was meditation is a scam. Now I don't believe meditation is a scam. I've been meditating for over 12 years, but what we bring people into the conversation with the video is saying, Hey, listen, most people fail at meditation because there's so much misinformation in the market. And they're told that they just sit down and clear their head, which is impossible to do. So then I break down the process of how I see meditation. So I'm subverting that expectation of somebody swiping up in the feed and flipping it on its head, not to clickbait people because there's real value there, but to get the point across. So that is an effective way to do it. And then we also see people coming up with interesting um, insights and how they leverage their insights in specific formats. So for example, one of the top YouTube channels today is a, a doctor called Dr. Mike. And what he does so well in his most viral videos is it's a real doctor reacts to Gray's Anatomy. Real doctor reacts to uh, the good doctor. And the reason that works is he's making it more general for the overall audiences. Even if you don't know who Dr. Mike is, you want to see how a real doctor reacts to these shows. And these shows have huge fan bases. So he's taking his insight and packaging it in a way that captures your attention versus most doctors are not successful on YouTube or any social channel because they're just, I'm giving my perspective on this. I'm giving my perspective on that instead of packaging it in a larger way. 
so, so thinking about a larger concept that can tie people in and making your content more digestible to a general audience is like another perfect example is uh, the uh, the social accounts tasty that was created by BuzzFeed that's all top-down cooking videos what that means is I'm sure you've seen them if you haven't go just go to tasty and I know you'll recognize the videos but they shoot from top down of you creating a recipe and the reason that worked so well it generated billions and billions of views for them is they made that content available not just to people that are interested in cooking they took a more generalist approach and made it satisfying and interesting for watch to people that are aren't even interested in cooking and that's where that exponential scale and exponential growth comes from that's fascinating so uh before we wrap up our show today we've been talking about storytelling what what's inspiring you the most right now whether it's stories or things that are happening what what's what's inspiring you right now i think it would be go going back to the beginning of the conversation of people telling stories about overcoming adversity and and showing and again, like going back to that Joe Rogan clip is that it had nothing to do with the current environment that we were in. They were just happened to talking about a difficult situation of what it takes to get through Navy SEAL training. And to me, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, you're in the trenches every day uh, looking to drive success and dealing with very difficult circumstances. So any story that really gives inspiration, guidance, and support to say, hey, listen, there's other people in the world that have gone through difficult situations and they survive. And this is how they survive. It's just even like when you talk about the financial crisis that we're going into, is the people that come out and say, listen, we've been through this multiple times. It may be a tough few years, but we will survive, we will persevere. And there's plenty of, of case studies to, sh to demonstrate and show that. To me, that's the type of stories that are interesting and valuable uh, for my everyday life. Awesome and powerful. Well, Brendan, you, you've done so much amazing work. If people want to learn more about what you're doing, about you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, they can go to my website, brendanjkane.com, and it's B-R-E-N-D-A-N, J's and Jack, and then Kane, K-A-N-E.com. Uh, they can direct message me on uh, Instagram at Brendan Kane or email me directly, uh, bkane at brendanjkane.com. Wonderful. Thank you again for coming on today. We really appreciate your insights. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, awesome, Brendan. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.